G'day and welcome to the potty in which I connect with some of the most influential guests from across Australia and the globe to share their very inspirational stories. I was born with cystic fibrosis, a chronic illness in which I was told would most certainly ruin my life. But like many of the incredible humans that I have on this show, I'm on a mission to prove that we aren't defined by our circumstances, but rather how we choose to respond to them. I'm your host, the captain of the ship and the man in charge, Bradley J. Drybra, and this is a lot to talk about. G'day, brother. Hey, mate. How you going? Good to have you here. Good to be here, mate. If you're listening, you may recognise that insanely deep voice. Um, it's one half of the We Mean World podcast. Correct. The hilarious human being that is Jack Archdale, or as many of you probably know him, Jarchi. Correct. It's good to have you here, brother. Mate, it's good to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. I was saying to you before that I always enjoy recounting where I first come across my guests. Yeah. And it was one of your sayings that made its way into my group couple of the boys just absolutely having a giggle about some of the stuff that you say on the pod. Yeah, yeah. But then also just like that fucking voice is hard to miss. And uh, to be honest with you, a lot of the time, if I'm out and about, I people won't recognise me, but then they'll hear me talk and they'll go, I fucking knew it was you. <laughs> we don't swear on this podcast. We yeah, we, we swear. We're cool. Yeah. I fucking knew it was you. And it's like, that's the giveaway. People sort of like size you up and they're like, what's going on? And then they'll hear me speak to a mate or something. They're like, I knew it. I knew it. Which is pisser. So that's like the defining feature, I think. Does your old boy have a really deep voice? Or he is does. This... Yeah, he does have a pretty deep voice. Okay. I yeah. was going to say, well, this could be like the product of, you hear a lot of country music artists talk about they've got to have a certain amount of durries and whiskey. Well, I wish it was as cool as that. I drink a lot of whiskey and I have smoked a bit in my day and... You know, I wish it was just whiskey and cigars. I'm sure that's had a bit of an effect on it. But I, I like, I eventually like went to this fucking, I got a bloody um, endoscopy. I had to get an endoscopy, colonoscopy and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And my throat has been damaged through like severe like acid reflux. I've got bad guts. Oh, wow. And they had to like cut some polyps and shit out of my throat. Shit. So it was like, I think it's, um, it's sort of just been over the years become more and more the way it is. Yeah. Sure, the whiskey and cigars don't help, but it's not as sexy as whiskey and cigars. It's acid damaging my throat, okay. essentially. <laughs> Fair play. I feel like I feel like my voice is funny. Like, I hear myself on some pods and I'm like, is my voice you got that a bit high of husk. pitch? you got a bit of husk to it, though. Sometimes it goes a little bit high pitch, though. Do you I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm still going through some form of puberty. Where oh, I'm you reckon like, you're still kicking? One's still, still about to drop. One still, or maybe there's a third coming through. <laughs> maybe there's some fucked up <laughs> shit going on. Could be. Could be, brother. But you got a bit of husk to your voice. Yeah, a little bit at times. It depends. It depends on how... I think it depends on what I eat and drink. Yeah. Well, that's actually probably the same as me. Like I don't, I would say I don't, like I don't drink alcohol at all and I've never smoked. Yep. Um, maybe I'd sound sexier if I did. Just give it a go. Um, but there's, <laughs> there's definitely like, I'm definitely, I wouldn't say super consistent with how my voice sounds, which yeah, I think yeah. is quite funny as a podcast host. Yeah, c- correct. Chopping and changing, mate. Chopping and changing. Yeah. I've got a few different elements in me. So. That's fine, we all do. I wouldn't worry too hard. Talk to me about the pod, brother. Yeah. I, I love the pod. I've become a big fan of, as I mentioned to you before, we just had a coffee. Yeah. 
I don't listen to a lot of comedy pods. Yeah. Like I tend to be quite focused on like storytelling and listening to people's stories. Fair. But I find you guys hilarious. Um, I think the chemistry that you have with Lou is amazing. She's obviously a Kiwi too. So I think that yeah. Aussie Kiwi like. There's a little bit of know, back and forth. There's a little back and forth. Yeah. And, and I think you just have a great chemistry and you, you get a real genuine laugh out of listening to you both. Well, that's, mate, I love to hear that. Like the best thing I can hear is if someone is like, I would never traditionally listen to something like your podcast and I found myself listening to it and enjoying it. Yeah. I'm like, that's a great sign to me. Because I'm like, okay, date, well, fuck, maybe we're doing something, we're doing something right here. Quite you know, right, yeah. if it's not like your, if that's not what you would listen to tr- traditionally mm. and we've nabbed you. You've nabbed me. I'm You've like, that's, me. that's great. And it's like, that's sort of like the, the whole point of our podcast is, is just to let people forget about the shit show that is life for 45 minutes to an hour and just laugh. And it was this, it was like a discussion that Lou and I had pre the podcast where it was like, we're never going to be hyper political. We're never going to be like um, hyper controversial in terms of divisive topics or divisive content. I'm like, there is enough of that. I think in this world, especially in the world of social media, Mm. That is generally fucking fairly divisive. I'm like, let's just try and make a podcast. Also, Lou and I don't know what the fuck we're talking about. So it's like two people with completely unqualified... It's nonsense. It's nonsense. Yeah. So it's like, who wants to hear about the political climate from from dead shits like us? I'm like, let's do what we know, which is just spinning yarns, talking a bit of shit and trying to make each other laugh. And through that, hopefully we'll make the audience laugh. And that's the point of the potty. I've got to respect that because I... I think what I see too commonly in social and the podcast space at the moment, which, you know, everyone has their reasons for doing things, but I think sometimes too many people's reasons for creating something like a podcast or a social media platform is to speak about things they truly don't know anything about or, or even have passionate interest in. I agree. Because they know it's going to get likes and attention. Agree. Completely agree. It's hyper disingenuous. And that's, that's, Mate, I dare say that's probably fucking 80% of social media a lot of the time. I also find with people when they get a platform, yeah, there's some level of responsibility in terms of if you've got a big platform, speaking about things that you're passionate about or helping certain communities or charities or whatever, like, you know, that's a good thing to do. But I think a lot of people become so... It's the age of narcissism that we're living in and people become so enthralled with themselves and their opinions that they have this like moral superiority mm. where it's like i am the moral standard you are all beneath me hear me roar you know what i mean yeah. listen to what i say and i'm like i'm never going to fall into that fucking trap nor is lou mm. um because there's already enough of that you know there's enough of that out there we don't need to be another two that do it 100 percent, and, and i think it's a dangerous game to play because I agree. Have you seen there's a there's a gent on TikTok. He's an American dude, and I believe he's a journalist, and he tends to do a lot of political content, and yep. he's quite funny. He he walks through the streets and often goes to the different parades, um, yeah, the different yeah. presidents. Yeah, yeah. And there's one I've been seeing recently where he went to like a Trump parade. Yeah. He's walking around the streets, and there's Trump supporters, and he says to this lady, he goes, "What do you think about Trump?" And she's like, "Oh, he's the only true president." Obama, like he was a terrorist and this and that. And I don't even think he was born here. And he goes, well, whatever evidence do you have for that? And she's like, oh, well, I wouldn't believe the birth certificate. They can be false. And, and he's like, like, she's like, is there a witness? And he's like, his mother. 
And she's like, oh, well, she's got motivation to lie. And he goes, <laughs> well, I guess it's kind of the same as Trump, right? Like maybe he wasn't born here. And she goes, no, he's been here forever. And he's like, well, what proof do you have? And he's like, well, his parents. And, yeah, and, and it's he, like, and he goes, oh, I see your logic. And yeah, like, yeah. the joke <laughs> like, is like, don't, if you don't understand you and not willing to spend the time learning about a topic or actually having an opinion of value, you probably shouldn't voice it. I completely agree. And that's why I refrain from doing it. Because I'm just like, if I'm not hyper-educated on a, on a subject, what the fuck? I'm not going to put myself out there and be like, I'm the voice of reason here. Because it, it could so easily crumble beneath me. As soon as someone with any like slither of knowledge, mm. you know. For sure. To, like, well, I think it's also the responsibility. So a little bit different to you guys, I share guest stories or interview guests on the pod. Yeah. And sometimes they've got views that are different to mine. Yeah, yeah. Or sometimes they have a story or a background that I don't know a whole lot about. Mm. The thing that I've learned over the course of now 200 apps is if I'm going to have somebody on who's going to say something that might be con controversial, mm. I don't have to understand the topic in depth, but what I have to do is speak from a place of authenticity. 100%. Because you can't just agree with someone to make it comfortable. No. Like I think we have to, and I also, I see this issue in society today where there is almost this belief that you can't have a conversation with someone that you don't agree with or you're not on the same side of. Correct, yeah. It's hyper it seems to be like hyper-divisive. The, 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 the age of like civil discourse has seemed to completely have evaporated. Mm. And it's like if they don't wholeheartedly agree with everything I agree with, it's, they're the enemy. It's like, no, no, no. That's the fucking, that's the opposite way you should think. Mm. You should be able to have conversations disagree wholeheartedly with each other, but still be able to have a fucking beer afterwards and be like, well, it's okay. It's, it's, gen it's general respect yeah. for other human beings. Yeah, and also the way that they've grown up. Like yeah. people grow up so different. Like people in the bush grow up differently to people in the city. So people mm. in the bush are going to have different opinions probably than those in the city. It's arrogant from either party to assume that you need to agree with everything because you've grown up in such different worlds that you're not going to have the same views. Man, that's what I've lost. I often speak about it that I think the podcast for me has made a real man out of me. And what I mean by that is it's given me a level of empathy I probably didn't have before. True. Because I, I think that coming into the pod, you know, I was, I was 24, yep. 23 yep. when I started the pod. And, you know, it's still pretty fucking young. It like is, I'm mate. still pretty young. I'm 27, you are? right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so I think about, you know, the kind of people I come across in the first 23 years of my life. And often they were from similar backgrounds to me. Yeah. You know, I had a lot of mates who were from um, different backgrounds nationally, like yep. nationalities. Yep. And so you learn a little bit about different cultures, but I grew up in Wollongong. Yeah. I spent the first 23 years of my life well, outside of a year in Melbourne, like yeah, solely yeah. in areas that were similar to this. And so you hear a lot of similar opinions and meet a lot of people who have had similar experiences or contrast. Of course. So I went into the pod with this idea that like, Man, how could someone get addicted to drugs? Or like, how could someone yeah. go down that path in life and end up in prison? Or how could someone like find themselves in a gang? Or, yeah, 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 yeah. And I used to think, man, that's so weird. Like, how do you like make a stupid decision like that? And then I started interviewing people and hearing about their childhoods, the kind of experience they come from, yeah. the kind of context of which their life has been lived in. And I went... Oh, that's what? that empathy muscle starting to fucking pulsate. Yeah. Because it's like... I can now see through a different perspective mm. 
how you would go and live the life that you've lived. Exactly right. And I think that only comes like, I reckon ignorance is only sort of, um, ignorance only sort of dissipates through education and experience and like experiencing other people's lives mm. and the way that they, like you're dead right, mate. If you're growing up in an area and you're like with people who are similar and it's just like, you don't understand it until they're like, they tell you your story, you're like, oh, I completely get it. Yeah, yeah. I probably would have done heroin fucking too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I probably would have done that too, mate. Man, I think about it all the time. I would like to think I'm a relatively independent thinker. Mm. But I love my parents so much. If my parents said to me, mate, we rob banks and that's what we do, I'm fucking all in. I know. I know. Like, I'd mean. do anything for them. Yeah. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I I'm know, like, you're correct. You know, I'm just so lucky that I come from a home in which they were just the most decent and genuine people. I'm with you. So I. You know, I can start to see the other side of the coin. Yeah. And why people make the decisions they do. It doesn't mean those decisions are always right. Cor- no, no. And most all. of the time, those people are the first person to tell you that. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I've had some really interesting people on the pod. I've had people who have robbed banks mm. and spent, you know, 17 years in prison. Jeffrey Morgan, one of my guests. Wow. Incredible story. Great human being now. Does yeah. so much for the community. Yeah. But through his own experience, has gained perspective and empathy. Yeah. So I think it's just such a blessing that we live in a world and where. You know, we spoke about it earlier today, the power of connection where like I'd encourage anyone to get outside of their phone and have real conversations with real people. It's the uh, only way you learn. Yeah, I agree. I agree, mate. Sometimes I like, I'm not talk like, so my phone, let's just have a look at the phone. I'm so fucking bad with this thing. I've got 697 unread messages, text messages <laughs> on my phone. I'm so bad with this thing. And the irony is I use this thing to live. Yeah. This is how I create my content. Like, but I'm so bad with it. And it's because I'd rather not, I've thought about it. I'd rather not talk to one of my mates for four weeks and then see him Mm. at the pub or go fucking do, go for a bushwalk with him or whatever. Like I'd prefer that because we're in an age now, like it's a million WhatsApp groups. Everyone's texting all the time. Mm. Fucking there's just so much connection. And I find it quite overwhelming a lot of the time. I'm just like, oh my God, I need the, I, I go fucking missing for like four days. Honestly, if I was to drop dead tomorrow, no one would realize because they're <laughs> well, like, I, he never answers me yeah. anyway. Yeah. Like, after a week, yeah. they'd be like, maybe we should check on Judge. But like they wouldn't because I just don't talk to anyone, which I've got to get better at. But it's like this, the connections are like, it's watered down. Like it's really watered down and everyone is so connected through WhatsApp and stuff, which I think is great. Like I think there's a good element to it, but sometimes I'm like, it's too much. Everyone just woo back. Yeah. You know what I mean? I spoke to Soph about this yesterday, right? So I was thinking about, you know, I asked myself a question. Like I journal quite a bit. I like to write. Yeah, right. And I journaled yesterday and I wrote myself a question. If I could change one thing or remove one distraction from society, what would it be? Mm. And I sat there and I mulled over this for like 20 minutes and I was thinking about it. If I could remove one thing from society, a distraction, what would it be? And the hard truth was social media. Now, the reason it's a hard truth is because somewhat the opportunities that I've had through the podcast were in fact mostly the opportunities I've had through the podcast and the work I do now is because of social media. 100%. Right? So I'm very grateful for it. And I think there's very healthy ways in which you can engage with social, which mm. I've definitely not mastered. Yeah, neither. Right? Neither. And I think, why would I remove it from society then? Well, because I honestly believe, like you said, 
the value of connection has been watered down yeah. or we've been fooled to think that it's real connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That because you follow someone on social media, you know them. Correct. Which is so false. Yeah. And so I think about a world in which our parents grew up in mm. where you took photos on a camera, mm. you got them processed or whatever they call that yeah. thing. I don't even know what they fucking call it now Developed. because I'm that fucking young. You're Developed. Developing photos, yeah, yeah. Right. You develop a film photo after the fact, so you didn't spend half an hour out at the dinner that was supposed to be enjoyed and and conversation was supposed to be had. Yeah. Looking at the photos to make sure they justified why you went there for dinner. Bruh. You know? You shits me. Like I'm I'm the fucking worst at it. But you went out for a run for the sake of going out for a run without having to take a story of your feet moving across the ground. I'm fucking guilty. Uh, I'll put my hand up, bro. Uh, yeah. I'm, I know. It's a double. That's why it's a double-edged sword. Because I enjoy social media, mm. obviously, and like I love being creative, and it gives me a that gives me an outlet to be able to be fully creative. My brain comes up with an idea. I write it down. I film it, I edit it, and I put it out there. And it's like, that's a great creative outlet. But at the same time, like, I feel, kind of feel sorry for kids these days because I grew up in, like, I got a taste of that world where it was like, I didn't get a phone until I was 16, you know? And it was a fucking black and white CDMA Nokia that had snake on it and you could call and text. That's it. Mm. Whereas kids these days... The value value to them is shown through how many fucking hearts they get on a photo, like, you know what I mean? So it's like that. Fuck that. That's a rough way to grow up. I 100%. reckon. Like, just the value is, and if you don't get enough likes, kids are like, what? I think anxiety with kids and shit, and like depression and stuff is just through the roof in it's, this in this age. It's crazy to me. And here's here's the weird thing, right? I'm all for discussion around mental health. I have a lot of discussions around mental health. But I often wonder how in a world in which we are talking about it more, we've got more resources for people than we did 10 years ago, mm. I think we have more problem with mental health now than we did 10 years ago. I agree. And, and someone could argue that maybe it's because there wasn't <laughs> enough awareness or um, comfort in conversation yep. about mental health 10 yep. years ago. I have to disagree though because I think that we live in a world now in which comparison is the biggest problem when it comes to mental health. Yeah. And we all, like I think if you looked back 100 years ago, even 50 years ago, to a world in which our grandparents lived as adults or young adults, mm. they would have existed in a community in which, yes, you would still compare yourself to people because you'd see maybe the one lad and lass who drove down the, the road in their automobile and you thought, Oh God, that must be a luxury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there are only very few people who you've seen exist like that. Most people had similar to you in your region or your mm. area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to get outside and understand what other people had or to compare your life, you had to travel. But what happens with travel yeah. is being there in person and having real conversations. You understand the context and the situation in which they've gotten to that point from. So you could go and see someone like you could see a successful businessman and you could go... Man, he's driving a really nice car and he's wearing a strapping suit and he seems to be really well to do. But when you then seen the way that he worked, the way he showed up, had a conversation with him about what he does, you understand how he got to a point in which he could have those things. Yeah, yeah. Where now you see a 20-year-old on social media driving a fucking Lamborghini and you go, how the fuck does that work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And why aren't exactly. I at that point? Yeah, exactly There's no right. context. Nah, zero. 
And because a lot of people don't want to share their real life, like I'm talking their real, real life on social media because it's not as flashy it's made out to be. Fuck no. You think, fuck. Like, man, the amount of people who have assumed that I'm in a, a position of wealth because I have a podcast. Yeah. I'm laughing at you. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm on the other side. But, but I, look, <laughs> mate, I know what you mean. But people also make that assumption as well. Look, I'm not fucking <clears throat> going to say that what we've done and where we've come to, to is not fucking aw- like it's grouse as fuck. Mm. But at the same time, there's a there's a there's a harsh reality to it, which is like, yeah, the podcast is doing well, but we got our first check for the podcast the other day, Lou and I, mm. um, like our first sort of proper paycheck, like it was like six hundred bucks each. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And it was like, but that was based on the fact that it was like, it's a whole yarn I could go into, but it's like. Lou and I aren't sitting on fucking millions of dollars because the podcast, there's a million podcasts out there. There's a million other podcasts that get sponsors and blah, 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 blah. We're doing pretty well. It's starting to really turn over now. And it's like, which is grouse because I've quit my job. I'm now full time doing it. Mm. So it looks like we're at a point now where we'll sort of get like a monthly amount of money coming in and yep. we can budget with that money, which is awesome. Yeah. It's, it's actually like, it's fucking grouse that I can do it's cool it full time. cool that you've time. created something. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm blown away. I pinch myself every day. I'm blown away by it. But you're right. Just because people see you on a screen doesn't mean you're a fucking millionaire. Like, it just is, you know, like, yeah. sometimes I'm just tapping my card. I'm going, fuck, I hope this fucking goes through. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I feel I'm you, still brother. there. I feel I'm you. still there. Um, but it is funny that, yeah, that perception is always going to be there. And that's what we were talking about before, the the perspective is key. Mm. People will always compare themselves. I try and never compare myself to anyone, namely because I don't really give a fuck if someone's doing better than me. Um, Cause I know there's people doing worse and I know that people would look at Lou and I and be like, I want to get there one day. And I like, and we're looking at people being like, Oh, that's where we want to be. But you can really go down a rabbit hole of, um, comparing yourself and then becoming fucking depressed about it fucking oath you can you know and i'm like that's why i never really never really do it because i'm just like there's no point i'm happy where i am we're doing we're doing okay we're doing well mm. like i've quit my job i'm doing it full time i get to work with one of my best mates i get to work with three of my best mates hello sport boys tom and eddie mm. who are basically um like the big dogs are the bosses you know and I go to a studio and I spin yarns and chat shit and laugh. I get to laugh every, every day and be creative. And I'm like, that's fucking special. So I'm like, I'm happy. I'm happy where I am. And I think okay. people need to sort of focus on the present a little bit more mm. and not worry so much like about what fucking other people are doing. You know what, man? It's, it's beautiful what you're saying because I, I totally agree with it. And I am so guilty of comparing myself to other people. Mm both in a personal but more so in a business sense. Yeah. I think it's, you know, when you've created something like this, I think there is sometimes healthy comparison which encourages you to step up your game. I agree. Which is great. I do agree with that. But then there's also the comparison in which you go, fuck, I'm really stoked with that conversation I had with Josh. God, that was fucking so much fun. That was a great time. And then you look at the numbers and compare it to someone else's numbers and go, oh, fuck like it's not doing well yeah and then you start to feel bad about the thing that you originally felt great about yeah which is yeah it's a fine line to walk i think having a competitive nature is fucking grouse Mm. you got to be competitive my whole thing is like 
I want people nipping at my heels yeah. for the fucking duration, however long this podcast lasts for or whatever yeah. it is. I want to be at the top and I want people nipping at my heels. I want people to be like, I want to be where they are. I think having a competitive nature is, is red hot. Important. It's super important. But comparing yourself and then um, like feeling down about it, I'm just like, you've just got to, you've got to give yourself a little bit of a pat on the back. You're like, fuck, I'm having a nudge. Like I'm, I'm giving this a red hot crack and that's good enough in itself. Bloody oath, man. I, you know what I mean? I'll share a story with you. So I was telling you before when we had a coffee, I went on Dill Buckley's podcast. Dill yeah, and yeah, yeah. And I told Dill this on the podcast that leading up to that point in time, to be honest, man, I was in a, a challenging little place mentally, not in a bad way, but in a way where I, I was struggling to figure out how do I make this thing work? Like mm. I've been doing this thing for three and a half years. It, it hasn't exactly got to a place where I can feel really comfortable paying my bills and yep. you know just having the basic necessities of life covered. And I was just starting to stress out a little bit about that. And I was like, fuck, I just, I, I had a little moment where I sat there and I'm normally the person who has the most self-belief in the world. Like, and I just have the most supportive people around me that if yep. I said, fuck it, I'm running for PM, like people around me would go, fucking oath, you're the man Love to do that. it too. That's so I'm very awesome. lucky. Yeah. But I had this little moment of self-doubt in which I sat there and I was like, fuck, am I a fool? Like I quit my job, I sold my house, I've burned through everything I had to keep this thing alive, to try and make this thing something special that uplifts and inspires people. Yeah. I was like, am I a fool for this? Fuck no. And what's funny, so I get an email literally 10 minutes after having that that thought and it was from Dill Buckley's producer, Das. And Das goes, mate, we'd love to have you on the show. Now, I'd wanted to go on Dill's shows for years because I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember getting the email, man. It made me fucking emotional because... I was like, fuck yes. Like, that's the little sign that I needed, right? Hana, what and a I'm time like, to get it too. What a time to get it. And it's funny the way that, I wouldn't say I'm the most spiritual cat, but I'm like, it's funny the way the universe works. But I remember, particularly after getting that email and I told Soph, and she just made the biggest deal about it, like, because she's so supportive. And like, she come over yelling and screaming and gave me a big hug. And God love her. Like, it was a really special moment. I remember stopping in that moment as I was giving her a hug and thinking, Fuck, for all the things that haven't worked out the way I hope them to yet, look at all the things that have. Like, I've got a person who loves me. Yeah. I live in a fucking beautiful place. Yeah. Man, my health's in a good way. Yep. Like, and I've, and I've had to fight for that, but it's in a great way and it's really consistently good. I mean, how fucking lucky am I? Yeah. And that's that perspective you talk about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes you just that need is. a fucking slap over the head to remember. C- kinda. Because you can, mate. You can't. Dude, I had a very similar, very similar, um, situation but i was just being a fucking sook you know something like i'm i reckon i'm fucking happy 99.9 percent of the time we all have our days you know when you have your days you just wake up and i just woke up and i didn't know why but i was fucked off from the moment my eyes open i was fucked off and i had no idea sort of moping about whatever and steph she's red hot for this if i'm ever in a slump like that so i was like oh darth i was like i'm gonna go to the gym and fucking try and sweat this shit out because I'm just I'm not feeling good today mm. <clears throat> and then she just sent me this text she's like hey just want to let you know two years ago you fucking uh, were basically forced you know pushed out of a job you're at the lowest point of your life blah 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 she's like you've just got a brief for X amount of dollars for this brand on a podcast that you created um, and you've got these deals sort of coming to you through your own content, blah, 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 blah. She's like, you should be really proud of yourself. 
She's like, this is great. And I was like, boom, just like hit me through the chest. And honestly, it got me out of my, I was just like, yeah, stop being a fucking little bitch. I'm like, I'm, I'm being a sook for like no reason. And I'm like, yeah, that is, it just generated the perspective that in that moment I needed. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that is awesome. I'm like, fuck yeah. And I was like, thanks, doll. I fucking needed that. And like, that's the value of good people in your life though, right? Big time. And, and I'm a big believer that you need to have people in your life who are honest with you, yep. but who genuinely know how to support you. Because I think too many people have yes men around them who, when they're in a shit spot, will validate that. Uh, yeah. You need, you need people who know how to pull you out of it. Yeah. Like that's the value of support. Yeah. This is what even what we were saying before at the cafe, when we're like talking about that 19 year old pop star that has a million dollars, got the Lamborghini, blah, 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 blah. Fucking people around them who are just succubuses using them for all that they've got. And that, they will be yes men. That's why I said to you, I was like, I'm so glad that this shit didn't kick off when I was 23. Mm. It's kicked off when I'm fucking like damn near, you know, I'm 33. Mm. And I'm like, that's grouse. Cause I've got so many, I've already got those relationships of my very honest mates who will call me a fuckwit and tell me I'm being a fuckwit. Yeah. Like, and I think there's, like you don't need to rush it you know i'm like and I'm, I'm super lucky for that i've got all these great relationships already embedded where i'm not mm. going to have people just saying yes to me because of some sort of fucking status that i might eventually get you know what i mean yeah. i've got people who are going to tell me how it is irrespective of what the situation is i mean i have a lot of respect for people who and, and naturally as you get more opportunity you're going to meet people who also have opportunity and are doing great things mm. and that's normal and that's mm. great and it's yeah. great to meet new people i love meeting new people yes yeah, i love learning from new people hearing new perspectives but i love that i've got some incredible fucking mates who like i value more than than anything then like they're always there they do completely different things to me like they've all got their own wacky unique things going on yeah, in their yeah. jobs and their lives yeah and, yeah and i love that because it keeps you humble. 100%. And it's really nice to have the people around you who fucking backed you. Fuck yeah. When you started with nothing. Yeah. With no proof. Yeah. Like I was laughing the other day talking about my old man. Like he's like my best mate. He's a great human. And he's just from the minute I started this thing, he's been walking around telling people that I'm fucking better than Rogan. Love it. Like he just backs me 100%. Yeah, love that. And I'm like... If this blew up tomorrow, he'd go, told you so. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, 100%. And like, it's nice to have those people, though, that when you got nothing, they're saying, fuck, keep at it. Yeah. Like, I was, I was working, um, so I was in real estate for years, right? Like, yeah. four years. Left the industry for a couple of years and have, have dabbled here and there where I needed to go back and earn some money. And recently was pic- particularly in a tight little spot. And I was like, fuck, I'll, I'll go back and do a bit of work, Monday to Friday. But it's just never been a good place for my mental health. Yeah. I think it's it's one of those industries that for me takes me away from who I am at the core. Yeah, yeah. And I've worked a bunch of different little jobs. Like there was a period in time through the pod in like year two of it where I was working. Um, two of my mates through COVID started a fruit and veg business delivered to your door. Pizza. Mate, I was driving the van for them every week. Love. I fucking loved it. So, yeah. Man, put, put a podcast in my ears. I'm with you, mate. On the road, I'm driving through the northern suburbs of the Illawarra, dropping people's fruit off, getting to say g'day to people. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And like, for them, it's a highlight of their week because they've not been out of the house. Yeah. I fucking loved it, man. Yeah. So I know that I'm not afraid of a little bit of work. Yeah. But for some reason, this real estate environment, great people that I worked with, but just the career isn't for me. So I found myself in a tough little spot, man, where I was just, I was starting to feel, feel a bit of anxiety. Yeah. And it was knocking me around a little bit. Yeah. And 
I was walking up to the office one day because I used to walk from home. It was like a 10, 15-minute walk. And I'd call my mum and my dad on the way up every morning. And I was talking to my old boy and he was asking me how work had been and he could just tell that I was flat. Yep. And then he said to me, he goes, mate, promise me that whatever you do, you don't give up on your dream. And man, it fucking, fucking love that. It rocked me. Hunter. It rocked me and made me that emotional. I get emotional talking about it now. 100%. Because I thought about, fuck, no matter how tough shit gets, all you've got is yourself yeah. and the shit that means something to you. Yeah. And you've got to be able to come back to that. And yeah, I think that's yeah. the thing that gets you through starting anything and like enduring the long, treacherous road of it's not going to work out immediately. 100%. And that's if you're, if you're comfortable with that fact, then you're going to be okay. Your old man sounds like a fucking goat, to be honest with you, mate. He is. He's the goat. Like, he's a very good man. Yeah, that support's integral. And uh, yeah, mate, like, I even, like, I went for a fucking walk with one of my best friends, one of my oldest mates, Ed, uh, like, a few weeks ago. I'm bloody. Hey, we were just yarning about it. He's like, mate, how's it all going? I'm like, yeah, mate, she's kicking. It's good. It's fucking, it's going well. And he's like, mate, how do you deal with the... He's like, because, you know, like people have been talking shit. And like people that I know, you know, friends, and you see, you start mm. something like this. And a lot of the time, especially in Australia, I think there's like a very much a tall poppy syndrome. And he's like, you know, people were just being like, look at Josh fucking doing this bullshit. Like, fuck, that shit's going to fucking face plant. And he's like, how do you deal with that? criticism and I was like to be honest mate number one you're kind of the last per person to hear about that if they're, t they're usually talking behind your back so I'm like, number one I don't really hear a lot of it but I know that it goes on mm. number two I don't give a fuck because I'm like the same people that were dissing you are the same people that are going to be like oh yeah I'm mates with that bloke in a year so I'm like 100%. so fuck them Lou like when Lou was when we first started. Lou was going to the to the pub to meet up with a couple of mates, and her friend said, "Hey, just a heads up, these boys have like been tearing strips off you and Josh for like the last twenty minutes at the pub because we just started the podcast and like, oh look, anyone thinks they can start a fucking podcast? Look at these dipshits, mm. blah blah blah." And Lou was quite upset by it, and I just said the same thing to her. I said, "Dylan, I said those same cocksuckers will be sitting at the pub in a year's time, and they'll be the ones telling people that oh yeah, I'm actually mates with Lou." So I said, don't worry about him. Yeah. Who gives a fuck? Like, it's, it's funny, isn't it? And it, I was in a, maybe a privileged position where for the first three years of this, mm. and I think that's part of when not too many people are listening, mm. you don't get too much criticism. Yeah, you yeah. get a little bit, yeah. but you don't get too much. Where really 99% of the feedback I got, to my face at least, or on the stuff that I posted, yep. was really positive. Yeah. But you know the world of TikTok. TikTok has this incredible virability in Ooh, which yeah. so many people who have no context will see clips. I recently put out this clip where it was actually from the Dylan Friends pod and I didn't have any context in the clip that I had cystic fibrosis, but I was telling Dylan the story of how I had my first ever lung bleed yeah. and how up until that point in time I'd been told that if you're ever coughing up copious amounts of blood, like you could be dying. Like Fuck. it could be something that's burst internally. Oh, so you stress out. Yeah, and mate. so I was 18 at the time. My dad's rushing me to hospital and I'm thinking, fuck, my old man's going to see me die. Like it's pretty emotional. Oh. And I put this clip up and it, like it, it's gone gangbusters. It's nearly at a million views, right? Shit. Which means some people are going to see it and have some unique opinions. Of course. <laughs> One, like some of the comments were hilarious. Like I have to give them credit. They were fucking creative in their... They're tearing me down. Yeah, okay. But some of them like took the piss out of the way that Dylan and I looked. Some of it, one of the comments was like, 
um, hey, bro, let's start a podcast in quotation marks. Of course, marks. we get the, yeah, bro. Yeah, and I'm like, Dill's got a fucking killer pod. Yeah. And I'm like, so that man's fucking earned the right to, to have his podcast. But I thought about it and I'm like, <coughs> I normally just leave negative comments and I don't justify them, but mm. I had a Ricky Gervais moment. I was like, "Good, this person needs a reality check. I like this stuff. So I replied to the comment and I said to the, let's start a podcast, bro. And I rep- replied, you should try it. You get more from it than you do for being a cunt on TikTok. <laughs> I'm like, that shuts That's it down pretty response. quick. That's a great response. That shuts it down pretty quick. You know? 100%. But I reckon some people need that reality check because there is this thing that, you know, they call them the keyboard warriors or the tall poppy syndrome, that culture. <clears throat> Man, you get nothing from being a piece of shit. And, no. you know, to go full Ricky Gervais, he has that quote, you know, better to create something and be criticised for it and criticise people and create nothing. Yeah. I'm a huge believer in that. It's a phenomenal quote. But, what, but why do we live in a society where people feel as though they've got the right to tear people down that they don't know? It's interesting, isn't it? And it's almost... It's almost seemingly, if you go through the internet and all the shit, like the default. It's almost yeah. like... The, <coughs> excuse me, bro. <coughs> it's almost the default for people to be negative Mm. i think like we're quite lucky you know we get a lot of that shit as well i'm quite lucky in the sense that most of the shit that i get is positive i reckon 99 percent of it is positive yeah you know like it's positive but there's also a lot of shit and like sometimes you're just like like this is why i don't give a fuck about that sort of stuff because i used to so i used to be like jesus that's mean and you'd have 40 fucking positive comments and that one negative comment you're like that negative one would stick in your brain and you're like, what the fuck was that guy so mean? Yeah, <laughs> like on yeah. that comment. And then you click into the profile, it's like a fucking eight-year-old kid. And you're like, oh, <laughs> what? Or you click in the profile, it's some dipshit that you wouldn't even like. But you're like, bro, I wouldn't even fucking sit down and have a beer with you. So in what world would I let your opinion yeah. fucking ruin my day? Bro, I had one the other day that was a kid, he was 15, and he had a, his profile picture on TikTok was him holding a can of Fosters, I think. Yeah, yeah. Or Tui's. And he was like, I coughed up blood three times, just got the fuck over it and got on with life. And I was like, Did you, you t- must be the hardest guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Old Terry, tough yeah. cunt. Oh, good on you, mate. No, you're a fucking legend. No, good work. You know, you're red hot. Yeah. Hard as nails. Yeah. I know. And that's the thing. That's the more you realise that like most people are going to be pretty positive. Mm. You're, you're always going to have detractors, ir- irrespective of what you do, mate. Like, you know, you got to have your critics yeah, and some of it is some of it is hyper vitriolic. Some of it is so vitriolic, you're like, you're just a fucking cunt, full of fucking mm. anger and hatred, and you're you're spurting that onto people on the internet for no apparent reason, yeah. except that you fucking hate yourself. Mm. Um, some of it is good. Some like, of it is like gives you a bit of a fire it's in the belly. Constructive criticism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a difference. Yeah, and like. I've, I've said, like, I'll never listen to a random person telling me that they're offended or, like, that I've done something wrong. But as soon as, like, my friends or family or people close to me are like, that's pretty fucked, I'm like, okay, I will stop and listen. Might not always agree, yeah. but I'll be like, that holds a lot more weight to me. For sure. You know, the internet is just a cesspit, essentially, a lot of the time. And I know we're being hypercritical. We're being, I say hyper a lot. Fuck me, dead. We're being critical of it, but... You know, it's it's also kind of like our bread and butter in a sense. Like we need it. Well, my my pop said to me, and he's a legend. He lives below us, actually. He's D- down just here. Yeah, just here. Oh, Same apartment yeah. downstairs. Him, my nan. Grouse. My pop always said to me, 
as a young man, he always said, it doesn't hurt to be nice. And I just think we live in a world where there's enough shit going on. Just be good. Be a good human. I agree. You know? That's why, like, mate, I'm always waving in traffic. I always yeah. try and say good day. Like, just say good day to people. I think coming from the bush, it's like that's sort of like a fundamental, that's like, it's intrinsic in us to always say hello right. and like, you know. And it takes fuck all to be nice. You're yeah. dead right. And it's a good thing, man. Like some, you know, the weird thing about living in the city is like, sadly enough, sometimes it seems like it can be a bit of a rarity. You know, like where people are, if I have some a pleasant interaction with a person in a cafe or at a bloody, at the butcher or whatever, Someone's like, oh, no, you go first and big smile. I'm like, that makes me feel good inside. And I'm like, and I note that. Mm. And I'm like, it's weird that I have to note that as like a positive experience. Like that should kind of just be happening. 100%. But it doesn't. Like it just doesn't. And it's a bit sad in a sense. It is. It is because I think that's the way that society should be. Yeah. And you're right. It's definitely a... It's definitely a way that people operate in smaller towns or in the Fuck country. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My partner's from Tamora. Yeah. When you go back to Tamora, you get that sense of, and I think it's because you know most of the people who you exist in that place with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There is a, a level of connection that tends to suffer in the cities. I agree. You know, because most people are busy. Often, you know, Hugh Van Cullenberg, nah. Resilience Project, um, the Imperfects podcast. Oh yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. I remember hearing Hugh talk about it on a podcast once, and and, and I've felt this. I know a lot of people here. I've lived here 26 of my 27 years in Wollongong. Yeah, true. Right, so I've grown up going to North Beach in, in Gong from the age of four doing surf club. Most mornings I'm down there running. Like I know a lot of people in Wollongong yeah. just out of default of walking past them every day. 100%. In COVID, it was massive down there at the beach where everyone was going for walks and runs. And, and Soph always says to me, she feels like she can't have a bad hair day because every time we leave the house, we're going to see a hundred people I know, right? hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, correct. And, and I love that because I love, same as you, I love being able to say g'day to people and have a connection with people. Same. Even if it's just to say, hey, how you doing? With you. But I would sometimes, I found myself in the last year or two being a little bit stressed where I'm busy that sometimes I feel as though I avoid some of the busier spots because I don't always have time and I don't want to not give people time when they see me. Yeah, When yeah. they stop to say g'day. Yeah. Because I want them to feel like I care because I do. 100%. So sometimes you just don't have the time, right? Yeah, mate. And I remember hearing Hugh Van Cullenberg talk about this where he said he felt particularly bad about the fact that this one morning he got bailed up by a few people to say g'day and he didn't have the time for them and he felt really bad about the fact that he had to go, oh, I'm sorry I don't have the time. Yeah. And I struggle with that and I think... That's not particularly a challenge that you get when you live in smaller areas, but when you live in a more populated area, and we're not crazy populated here, Mm. definitely not like where you are in Sydney, Mm. but I feel the pain of that sometimes because I want to give people the time and energy that they don't get anymore. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you mean, mate. And yeah, it is, it is, it's a weird thing to grapple with. Mm. And I, know, I also know what you mean. And sometimes, um, sometimes, you know, I love every single person that's ever come up to me to say I love the podcast or I love your content. It's just such a positive, fucking awesome experience. It's great, isn't and it? And I want to yarn to them. And like my fucking half my mates are just like, fuck, I hate going out with you, bud. Because especially if we're on the grogs together, 
because people's inhibitions are lowered when they're on the grog. So yeah. pubs and stuff, it happens a lot more than, say, just walking down mm. the street. You know what I mean? Because yeah. they're like, fuck yeah, Judge. And they're like, bro, if we go to the footy together or something, we're walking out. They're like, mate, it is admin with you. Yeah. <laughs> or like with the Hello Sport boys or if we're with Lou yeah. or whatever, because people are just sort of pulling you up. But I'm like, but dude, do you understand how positive that, that is for me? Mm. That someone's coming up and telling me that they love the podcast or something yeah. or like... What am I going to do? Be like, fuck, cheers, cunt. Yeah. You know? Exactly. I'm like, yeah. dude, that's awesome. Fuck, that's grouse. Yeah. And I want to, I get excited. And you know? got to admit, it feels nice. It, it feels, feels great. Nice. Like, it's not like it's to a point where we're fucking Chris Hemsworth and shit walking around. You can't go anywhere. It's like, it's, it just gets peppered into life occasionally. And I'm like, I always want to have the time for those people because they've come up and they're telling me that, Something that I'm doing is affecting them in a positive way. And I'm like, that to me is mind-boggling, number one, and fucking so awesome. You well, know? Without them, you wouldn't be able to quit your job to exactly do it. Exactly right, right, mate. They are the bread and butter. Man, I, I'm nowhere at the level that you guys are, but I was going for a run a few weeks back, and we're out sort of Taraji Way running, and I'm going to give him a shout-out because I'm not sure who it is or what his name was, but yeah. some legend that we run past. It was just so and I. We probably got about, like, I could see he sort of like, glanced at me and I glanced at him and like we just gave each other the head nods yep but he got about five yards past us and he yells out oi fucking love the potty and I was like love appreciate that, that brother love and I said to that. Soph fuck that's nice someone gives a fuck about what I do yeah that that's special that like he likes listening to people come and vulnerably share their stories on the podcast and, and he listens means to something. you yeah like that means something it's cool as fuck mate it's, it's very cool and you, I don't think you ever take that for granted when you've had to work for it Hana. And I think it's like, that's a, that's, you know, I've had people DM me and stuff. I'm fucking, I'm, if you think I'm bad on my texts, just guess how bad I am with my DMs. I'm actually so lucky I saw your DM, dude, so yeah, that we could I do this. I didn't expect you to. Didn't you? Because I, like, man, I'm, I miss some of mine and I don't even get that many. I miss fuckloads. But, I feel so and bad. And Instagram's a funny little spot now because, <laughs> Instagram's a funny little spot because you've got like requests. And then hidden requests and shit. Hidden requests and like, you're just going to miss shit, especially when you've got as much going on as you do. Yeah, there's a bit, but it's, it's also no excuse. I've got to be better, you know? I've got to be better. Like, yeah. But then you've also got people in your own life that yeah. you care about who are real connections that you have to like, you can't spend all your time going through DMs. No, you? no, correct. Or you wouldn't get anything done. Nothing. There'd be no podcast. No, there'd <laughs> be no podcast. But it like, that's the, that's the thing. It's like, if someone is... I get DMs and they're just like, oh man, I saw you in the bloody, I saw you at the airport or I saw you fucking at the pub and uh, I didn't want to come up and bother you. I'm like, I'm just like, bother me. I'm okay. That is okay. If you like what I'm doing and you, and you see me and you want to come and say g'day, mate, I'm like, fucking come and say g'day. That's awesome to me. Yeah. And that's a part, that's, that's part and parcel with what I'm doing without mm. people listening to it or without people viewing, like I can't do this. Man, I've been thinking about that a little bit lately, right? So I said to you that coming off the back of the Dylan Friends pod, he's built an awesome community. Like what yeah. Dylan's done with his podcast, yeah. the community's super supportive. Like they get around the people that come on the show. That's mad. I had so much love from the people who listened to that. It was actually fucking surprising how many people connected. I thought it was fucking special. True. And I was thinking about it and I'm like, man... I need to create a bit more of a community with this pod that gives back to the people who are so good. And I often get, um, I get messages from, you know, usually from a lot of dudes who are similar age to us Yep. in that sort of like mid 
20s to mid-30s who listen to the show, appreciate the vulnerable conversations and, you know, often in a world in which connection isn't as strong, you know, we've been talking about that, feel a little bit lonely or yeah. like they don't have a group of people that they can connect with about real shit and often they reach out and, and they want to catch up and the the sad thing is like I've got a bunch of really good mates who I'm already struggling to see on a monthly basis yeah so I'm like I can't go and have a coffee with everyone yeah and I yeah. wish I had all the time in the world to do that yeah yeah but I, but I don't and I've also got like a person at home that I love and family that I want to see Hana. and you know shit that I've got to get done but what I've been thinking about is like, man, maybe like every two months, I should just do like a pop-up run club. Yeah. Where I say to everyone, hey, meet down the beach this day. We'll go for a cruisy as fuck 5K run. Like we'll run as slow as the slowest person. Yeah, yeah. Hang together in a pack, have a good yarn after and a coffee and fucking hang out for two hours. It's a great idea. And just create like a bit of a community initiative. That's a fucking great idea. It, it doesn't have to be every week, but just like every couple of months. Yeah. Like, or if I'm down in Melbourne doing it at fucking, if anyone's keen to come down and run through the tan, yeah. give us a shout. Yeah, yeah. Like, just give back to the community and engage in that way. That's a great, like, it's good to do stuff like that, mate, especially because the community gives so much of their time to you mm. and your projects, right? So they, when they're fucking listening, fuck, I just did something that I hate. What'd you do? Whenever people are like, I find it condescending when people are talking to me and they go like, so basically with podcasts, right? Um, basically, right? They um, so you get podcasts, right? When they say right, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I fucking get podcasts. Or like, I feel like when people say right all the time, it's like they think you don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> and I just did what I hated. Probably I'm a walk. I'm a walking. I am a walking hypocrisy. <laughs> um, right. So, <laughs> the fuck was I saying? Oh, so with the bedwetters. Like, that, that's the for those of you who don't know that's the name of our outstanding Wallaway podcast <laughs> listeners yeah the bedwetters yeah I love it um, we we sort of Lou and I have been talking about that because we're, we're just sort of like what do we what do we do here like how do we get back to these guys and one of them called up the other day and was like you should do something for the 100th ep and we're like fuck yeah let's do something for the 100th epith- episode, mm-hmm. episode where we get them all in like get as many as bedwetters that want to come and like we just do something for them mm. to be like thank you. That's cool. Thank you. And it's um, it's I think it's really important to have those connections with the with the community that listens. We get to have a hotline at the end of every episode where you know bedwetters call in and spin a yarn or take the piss out of us or do whatever. And um, we've just sort of started calling them back and That's just cool. talking to them. And it's just such a fun, weird little experience because they they don't expect you to be on the blower when you call them you know and it's just cool little things like proper connecting with the community that you've created is like wholesome shit hamish and andy have done it the best like the way they've got what's the thing that they do where you can go up and ask them for a dollar a dollar yeah and they'll either give you a dollar if they don't have a dollar they'll bow they're gonna give you a bow yeah those guys are my goats they're awesome so i grew up listening like in the country like well, I was, you don't really get the metro radio stations and yeah. stuff. So they were the first podcast hmm. that I had ever listened to. And I just fell in love with them. And I've loved them ever since. And, I, and a real, and I still listen to their podcast. Real, real um, pinch me moment for, for me was like when we were doing the podcast and even we were in the top 20 with Hamish and Andy. And I'm Fucking like, cool. holy fuck. I'm like, for me, just seeing their names and out and and something that I'd created in yeah. the same realm, fucking took my breath away. 
I was like, this is wild. I'm like, these guys I've looked up to for, for fucking, you know, 15 odd years. I've met Hamish once. He wouldn't know who I am, but I met him at the Imperfects live show in Sydney. Because he's good mates with Ryan Shelton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. part of that trio. Yep. And I just met him through a mate of mine knew one of the lads that he was with and we had a five-minute yarn. And they seem like... And I've become friends with Jack Post through yeah, the body. Yeah, um, Their producer and good friend of theirs. And, good guy, Jack. And they, they honestly are so fucking down to earth. Yeah. Which is awesome to see. Scare, like, it's actually wild because they're exactly what they are. Yeah. You know, on Which the podcast. Which is a special thing because it, it's, it's not... I would say it's not that common. To smoke and mirrors level. industry, but... Yeah. Sometimes the nicest people that you see on screen are like fucking... That's what they say. Sometimes they're the biggest monsters. And like the fuck... The people who are considered like fuckwits because they're like mildly abrasive or like... You know, Kyle Sandlands has a really bad rep with a lot of people. They're mm. like, that guy's a fuckwit. He's, he's a fucking... I reckon Kyle's a lovely guy. Well, because I think it's people who don't take themselves too seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In real life, like... I used to work at the radio station where, where you know, with Kyle and Jackie. I used to work at Today FM and he was always hyper-friendly. I actually got, I was at the hair bloody dresser the other day doing like a bit of content. That's why I've got blonde tips, tips in my mind. And he was next to me getting his hair cut, mate. Yeah. And we just yarned and he was just such a sweet fella. Love that, eh? You know? And I'm like, he would, he's got a, a very polarised, he's a polarising mm. figure. People love him or hate him. Yeah. And um, I just think, it's interesting that it's an industry where yeah, it can be a very fake industry. Mm. He's one of the real ones, I reckon. Hamish and Andy are just like, they're exactly who they are, I reckon, on air as off air. Just really lovely, genuine, down-to-earth yeah. people. So talk to me about this. I'm not sure if it's supposed to be a secret. I don't think it is because you've seen, I think you've said it on a pod before. Yeah. But there's a podcast that you've been planning to start for a long time. And I believe Hamish was your first interview. Great Australian yarns. Wasn't ha- it was a mate of mine, Hamish Street, okay. not okay. Hamish. Yeah, yeah. So I've got Great Australian yarns is is in the works. So firstly, great podcast name. Thanks, mate. Awesome podcast. Thanks, name. bro. Yeah, I just thought like as we discussed before, like big into storytelling, and I think mm. Australians are great storytellers. The best. Just like. You know, if you get someone who can spin a yarn, like they can enthrall a, or capture an entire audience, even a pub full of drinking, you know, people can, if they can capture an audience, and I think Australians are pretty good at it. And that was basically how all this shit started. Was, yeah, talk me through this. So, so c- country lad, yeah, like going through university to do commercial radio, talk about how all this began. So basically, I was just sort of working... I did commercial radio at uni, got a job. I had to do like a two-month internship at a radio station in order to graduate. They offered me a job after a couple of weeks at this radio station. I go, you beauty, finished uni, got a job. Mm. So then I was sort of in and out of the city and the country. I sort of worked there for about two and a half years. Then I was a logistics manager for a furniture company in the Southern Highlands. Mm. So I was sort of still based in Sydney, but it ended up, I would commute every day and then I sort of got a bit tired of that so I would sort of stay in the Southern Highlands and then sort of be sort of back weekends, just back and forth. And then I worked in radio again in no, at Nova and, mate, I just got burnt out, fully burnt out from media and the city. I was just fucked, right? So what, do you, what do you mean by burnt out? Like menti- mentally, Mentally burnt out. Okay. I was mentally completely fucked. I was like, I needed a reset, essentially. And so I was like... You know, it was fucking mid-drought. 
there was shit going on at home and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go back to the farm for a while and just reset. I was like, maybe I'll go back for a month and just recalibrate in terms of what I want to do and how I want to play this. And a good family friend, Anthony Uren, basically said, mate, we've got a job out at the sheep station at Conga. It's a 25,000 acre sheep station. Mm. Um, they run like 45,000 head of sheep, about 18 to 2,200 head of cattle. And he's like, we've got, well, you can work here until you're ready to fuck off. I said, you beauty. So I was there for about eight months and just working on the station. And it was the most perfect reset of all time. I loved it because it went from like, went from like fucking sometimes like 180 emails a day and just feeling like I was drowning every day and like not being able to get on top of it and like just levels of stress and anxiety that I've never ever experienced. I, I'm pretty, like, I'm very lucky that I don't have. I don't suffer from any mental illness as prevalent as it is today. Like I've been very lucky to escape that. Yeah. Situationally, I've certainly had it. Like, but like I've been pretty lucky in terms of mm. like being able to navigate my way through life, avoiding that. And but at this period, it was like I was the lowest I've ever been. It was in a real bad spot. Do you mind if I ask? Like, what does that look like for you? Is that is that you disconnecting a little bit from the people around you? Is it fuck maybe yeah. drinking too much? Oh, like- fuck yeah. I hit the bottle like there was no tomorrow. And like, and I do. That's sort of like maybe like a, one of my worst traits yeah. is like I drink a fair bit. and But it's always positive like in terms of I drink because I enjoy it and I have fun. Yeah. But certainly during that period where it was like I was so stressed and so – fucking low that like yeah i'd just be sometimes in my room just drinking whiskey you Mm. know and like just just fucking knock myself out and it just got to a point where i was like i like had a like episode and i was like this is not normal no one needs to be this stressed like this isn't worth it for me like what i'm doing like what i'm going through is not worth it i've got to make a decision i've got to change something here and so i just spoke i was speaking to mum fairly uh, consistently and I was just like Ma I think I'm just going to come back to the farm for a, for a little bit and just recalibrate figure out what I want to do she's like I think that's probably a good idea so I did that and stayed for a fair while and I always had this thing of like I wanted to do Great Australian Yarns this podcast one of my friends Georgie Waters she texted me and she's like hey with this Great Australian Yarns thing she's like get TikTok and I said what the fuck is TikTok and she's like, it's this short form video platform, fucking just post content. She's like, just chuck a couple of old Instagram stories on it, have it, so when you start the podcast, you can promote the podcast through mm. this new platform. I said, right, I know, sweat. So I did that and I just put some old Instagram stories on TikTok and one of them went viral. It was just me patting an echidna. And I got like 20,000 followers from this fucking video. And I was fuck. like, what the fuck? That's crazy. I was like, what the fuck is going, what the fuck is this platform? Like, what is this? Yeah. And mate, honestly, that's how it all started. And then because I was working on the sheep station, I was just doing sort of like daily life Mm. on a sheep station and trying to make it funny. And then grew more and more of a following and just started to build it, build it, build it. Then I started doing it on Instagram and I've just slowly been building it. So it all started based on the fact I was going to do Great Australian Yarns and I haven't even done that yet. (laughs) So, but it is, I've done a pilot episode, got a pitch, we've got a pitch sort of deck going through and basically I've got, a list of cats that I want to yarn to and um, we're kicking it off. Beauty. But it was just, man, it was just, I remember my mate calling me and when I went back 
to the farms. It was like the drought was in its fucking, at its peak. It was really, really bad. And I was basically pushing a, a mob of sheep from the top of Kongai, which was the property name, down to the shearing sheds, like down to the wool sheds. And it was like going to be like a three-hour, four-hour job. The sheep were moving fine. They weren't doughy. I was just had like headphones in listening to, you know, music. It was like a bright sunny day. It was hot and warm. And I'm just sort of like cruising. And it was like a stark contrast from where I was to where I am now. My mate calls me. Eddie calls me. He's like, how you going, mate? I said, mate, I'm in heaven. He's like, why? And I said, mate, do you want to know what my job is today? I've got to move this mob of sheep from that point to that point. That's it. That's my job. And he's like, yeah, right. And I said, coming from the stress of like 180 emails a day, fucking people calling you, like, mm. like to the point where I was like punching in my cupboards because I was so fucking stressed, to now I'm just like kicking back one foot out, you know, cruising in this Polaris. And I was like, this is bliss. It was exactly what I needed, mate. I completely reset. Man, it's, there's something about it, isn't there? Where so you you were at, were you at Nova before yep. you left? Yeah. Was there fear leaving that job that you'd never get a job back in commercial radio or, or back doing what you'd worked so long to do? Kinda, but at the but at the same time, I was so fucked mentally. I was so burnt out. I didn't mm. give a fuck. Like there was a bit of that fear, but I was just so I was cooked, mate. I was just like I. I I've got to figure out my next steps. And that's why I'm like, without being at that really low point, I wouldn't be, I needed that. You know, which is crazy to think that sometimes in your lowest moments, that's the catalyst for the best moments to come in a weird way. I think it sets, an up, sets them up. Because, I, you know, I have, outside of the, let's, let's talk about movie stars and musicians for yeah, a second, yeah. right? When you look at that world, you see a lot of chaos. And a lot of that chaos is related to addictions in drug and alcohol because of the amount of money they have and the amount of pressure and stress. But there are some that I think handle it really well. And there's something about that space that I'll look at. And I think they've figured out something, obviously because of the amount of money they make. Yeah. But they have an ability to step in, create something, and step out for a long period of time yeah. and get recalibrated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's something about that process of like step in and engage step out and recalibrate yeah yeah that's really interesting to me yeah and i've been thinking about that a lot right so i look at say for example zach bryan yeah i love zach bryan fucking weapon right He's i was never a country music guy until about a year ago that's good mate and now i fucking love it's all i listen to welcome country to the club, music, brother right? i love that the best i was listening to zach bryan on joe rogan and he was talking about how he writes all of his own music it all comes from a place of authenticity and honesty. It's what yep. he's experienced as a part of who he is and the human he is, is how he writes. And he said that you can go on a tour, which is considered to be the pinnacle for an artist in which you engage in massive show night, next day recover, massive show night, next day recover. And you might do that for six months straight, yeah. right? And all the travel in between. And by the end of it, you're wrecked. And then you're wrecked, but you're at a place where you feel like you've got nothing to write about. He's like, you know why? Because you haven't lived life. You've just been in this fucking bubble craziness yeah, and this yeah. bubble for the last six months. So he said, I have to remind myself all the time when a tour ends, just go and live life for a while. Because that's where my art comes from. Love that. And, and I think about that and I think, fuck, isn't that important? And I, and I can imagine that that recalibration yeah. for you did that. Like, I don't think it's any surprise 
that everything that's come the last couple of years is likely a product of that. Yeah, yeah, kind of. And I think it's, I agree. And that's a, that's a great way to look like, yeah, he seems to live it right, I reckon, Zach. He's like, he doesn't hold back. He's not scared to like, just tell people to like, like, no, fuck off. I'm not doing that. I'm running my own race, which man, I think is important. Man, I've seen that like, <coughs> he, he put a story up, I think this morning, like him and his dog on a road trip in his car, which is no fancy smick piece of work. Yeah, it's yeah. just a regular car yep. on a road trip to go watch his football team play. That's mad. Or something like that. I'm like, that's the fucking best. McConaughey was a great example of that. Mm. Bro, I'm not a massive bookworm. I'm trying to get better at reading because yeah. it's really important. And I actually think it's really important in a world where we're so distracted. Like yep. I am trying to develop the ability to sit down and read a good book and hear about someone's story or perspective in a way that encourages me to disengage from everything else. Yeah. One book that was so easy for me to pick up and not want to put down was Green Lights, McConaughey's book. Yeah, right. It's fu- bro, it's, have you listened to it already? I haven't. Mate, it is fucking brilliant. Like, it's arguably one of the best things I've ever put in my hands and read. True. Like, in terms of the messages <clears throat> and the stories, outstanding. And the thing that I found fascinating about this guy is obviously we've seen him on screens for years. Mm. But his ability to do that and say fuck off to an opportunity, to walk away from millions and millions of dollars and reject those rom-coms to then go into a role that he wants. I did hear that. And he spoke often about after he'd finished a project, he'd like book himself a flight somewhere crazy that he had a dream about or him and his dog would get in his RV and just fucking drive and like him and his wife lived on the road for a bit. And I'm like, I think that's important. Yeah. Because like, I, I just think we're stuck in this cycle sometimes. And I get it because, man, the rent needs to be paid every week and the bills come in correct, and yeah. life is stressful and I understand that people have obligations. Yeah. But man, I'd encourage people to disengage. I'm if trying to get better at it too. Yeah, right? yeah. I'm with you. That's why I'm so lucky that I've still got the folks back at the farm. Yeah. So we've still got the farm that I grew up on. And so it's like, and I'm very lucky now that I've quit my full-time work and I'm doing this full-time that like, I could record a podcast on Thursday, like our Thursday podcast to come out Friday. Mate, then I can just fuck off back to the farm for fucking five, mm. four or five days. And that's great. And I get to spend like time with my parents that is like great time to be able to spend and just go and recalibrate and muck about and do whatever I need to do. So I'm pretty lucky in that sense that I've got that outlet. Because the city can become way too much for me a lot of the time. I can become like hyper claustrophobic in there and just fucking over it. Just get over it. Mm. I'm like, oh, I'm over it. I need to get out. It like builds up, builds up, builds up. Then I'm like, shh, release the fucking valve, release the pressure. And then I'm come back and I'm cool. Tell me, with like the last, what, year and a half you've mm. been doing this? Mm. Like, has it created aspirations to do other things that maybe you've not even touched or looked at yet like a little bit a little bit but my main focus is cultivating the podcast so it's like we've been doing this it seems to be working and it's like the wheels are spinning at the moment and so i'm like that's sort of become my baby Mm. and like same with lou that's sort of become her baby too and it's like i really want to we really want to focus on just cultivating that as much as we can um keep doing my like own skit content and like I enjoy doing the comedy content on my own pages and stuff yeah. like keep that up and then if other opportunities arise which they do they're rearing their heads and I'm like oh that's kind of cool yeah I could do that mm. but my main focus is maintain consistency with the podcast even though it's a fucking f- complete shit show <laughs> maintain that shit show 
and grow it to a point where it's like, okay, this is completely humming. We've got this down to a fine art. Now I can sort of start to branch out a little bit and like maybe do other things whilst keeping the podcast going, of course. Would you, would you ever consider doing stand-up? Mate, I did a podcast with Will Gibb yesterday and he's asked me to do stand-up. He's getting people like at the end of this month, I think, to do like their first stand-up set and I said I'd do it. It terrifies me. But I'm sort of like I also want to challenge myself a little mm. bit. I'm big on like setting challenges and like just challenging myself a little. Like I'm doing a boxing match in January. I see. Never been in a ring. And I'm like, but that's fucking, that excites me. For sure. You know, it terrifies me. Mm. I'll tell you what scares me more than fucking getting in the ring and boxing is stand-up comedy. Shit scares the fuck out of me. It's relentless. Bro, I'm just, I just don't think I'm about that life. But I want to give it a, a whirl. And fuck, if I fall on my ass, I fall on my ass. It is what it is. But... I'm going to do it at the end of this month and then I'll probably hang up the boots. I had a guy on the pod. Um, it hasn't come out yet. It pro- likely will have by the time people listen to this. Yeah. With Andrew Hamilton. Mate, I went to uni with him. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I went to uni yeah. with Andrew. We're in the same Did college. Did you buy mushrooms off him at some point? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't buy mushrooms <laughs> off him. But... Yeah, him and me and mates. We've sort of been in contact with each yeah. other. I love what he's doing. He's doing some cool stuff. It's fucking awesome. I had him on the other night and um, he's just on Zoom. Yeah, and he, bro, he fucking had me proper giggling. He's a funny lad. He is, eh? And we were talking about how fucking daunting five minutes of stand-up can be. Like, even if you're trying something new and you're experienced. Yeah. Like, if, you know, he's been doing it for about a year. He's like, man, even when you try a new gig... And you're trying some new content. It's fucking scary when, like, you don't know how people are going to respond. Yeah. And I find it funny because doing some keynote work, my, my mate Brett Canellan and I often laugh that your worst nightmare in a keynote is to have less than, like, 20, 30 minutes. Because that's such a challenge to pack what you need to pack in. Is that right? And have so the time to evolve. Kind of the like, opposite. Bro, an hour, I'm in my element. Because I get time to allow a story to evolve. To, yeah pick the segues to watch the way that people respond to something and know I can dive a little bit deeper on this because this seems to hit the mark. Yeah. Where in 20 minutes, that's why the TED Talk is such an art, right? Because you have this small, finite amount of time Mm. to have an impact on someone. But it's the opposite in stand-up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro, you've got to be a master to spend 30, 45, 60 minutes on stage. That's why like only the best do the specials and shit, dude. For sure. Because like, it's like... You listen to a Ricky Gervais, like Humanity or um, Supernatural. Love them. Fucking outstanding. Unreal. But what a skill that is. Because you've, you've had me laughing for 60 minutes now. Yeah, yeah. And it's unreal. That's hard. Like it's an unreal thing to do. It's a tough thing to do. And with like stand-ups, that's why it's like Andrew's fucking props to him, mate. Because it's like when you're starting out, like all comedians say, they're like, you're bomb. <laughs> you're bomb all the time. And I'm like, I don't know how I'd fucking deal with that. Yeah. Like, I don't know how I deal with just going out there, doing what you think is funny. People always telling you, you're funny, you should do stand-up. But it's like, that's another world, you know? And it takes years to also, like, cultivate a great stand-up presence, I reckon. I think you'd be very good at that. That's the reason I, reason I ask, because I think that you have... I think that there's a level of personality in which if you're, if you're a little bit different to the yeah. standard, yeah, you know, you can really do well in that space. It's why someone like St. Aaron Chen, 
Yeah, I have. Love for it. a fucking hilarious. Hilarious. But such a peculiar personality. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That oh. you're like, that's what, that guy's even funny just standing there. I agree. <laughs> just the way he stands. Like, just the way he stands yeah. and like his posture and the way he kind of like murmurs out what he's saying. I'm yeah. like, that's fucking hilarious. Hilarious. So I think there is definitely an art to it, but I reckon you'd go, I'd love to see you on stage. I appreciate it. Well, 27th, mate. 27th of this month? This month. Oh, fuck. We're in Sydney? Yeah, somewhere. I'll have to talk to Will about it. Keep me posted. I will, bro. That'd be fun. Do you mind if I take it quick? Yeah, go for is it. Is that all right? Go for it. All right, we're back. We're back. Coffee's Sorry went about through that. Us. Coffee's S- went through us. Straight through us. Talk to me, brother, about the pod. Do you think it will have ever evolve into a space in which you get guests on? Like on We Mean Well? So we had our first guests yesterday. Oh, nice. Yep. So we, we've, we've talked about it and... My, I've become mates with um, these two blokes, Tommy and Cam. They do the Alpha Blokes podcast. Yep. They're down in Sydney for the UFC. Um, and I was like, I've been on theirs. And we've sort of developed mm. a relationship. And I was like, boys, we'd love to have you on as our first guests. Mm. So we've started to do that. It'll be like we're going to maintain our, our routine. So we'll do two apps a week yep. every single week. And then, yeah, we're going to start just sporadically having guests on when we mm. can. Um, and it'll be like a bonus episode. So once cool. every few weeks, or so like, mate, if you ever want to come on and spin oh, yarns, we'll get you on and We'd fucking, you know, we just spin yarns and like, and it, it, it ends up being like a bonus episode for the week. Yeah, cool. So, I that. Th- so we've just started doing that. Um, and Lou and I have spoken and we're like, well, maybe let's get a bit of a list together. Yeah. And um, just a list of names and we'll just start reaching out to people and over the next year or so, we'll just start, Peppering them, them in to the fucking, to the potty. Cool. Yeah, and it's fun. We did it yesterday and I, like, I really enjoyed it. It was kind of cool because it was like a little bit of a, a breaking of the mould of what Lou and I usually do. And it's just fun having other people to bounce with and yarn to and sort of that sort of thing. So it was really good. It's, it's the best. I, I say it, you know, like I've not made any money from this pod really yet. Yeah. But it's been one of the greatest things I've ever done with my life. Awesome. Like I can't. I can't tell you how special this has been. Like awesome. I was just on the phone yesterday to a gent. How's this? I'm a big Gang of Views fan. Yep. They're probably for a long time been my number one artist. Yeah. Right? Love their stuff. One of my best mates, Joey Dicko, and I went to their concert last year together. And we're sitting down up in Sydney at Kudos Bank. And this couple walks in and they're walking to sit next to us. So they've asked us to sort of like move out of the way so they can shuffle past. And I looked at these two cats and I've gone, fuck, you guys are from the gong, aren't you? And they're like, yeah, you're kidding. And he goes, fuck, your face is familiar too. He goes, fuck, you, were you on the news for running a marathon with bleeding lungs? I'm like, yeah, that's, that's me. And we start having a yarn. True. So I start talking to these guys and this cop that I'm sitting next to, we're just having a chat. Yeah. And, mate, most interesting guy, right? So Steve Budgen, um, Budjo ended up coming on the pod after just meeting at the concert that night. True. Former special forces operator Fucking had hell. worked right all through um, like New Guinea and New Guinea and um, fucking Solomon Islands, yeah, where the, yeah. the warlord um, Katoa Stanley Katoa yeah. had been on the run and like they were after it. Bro, the stories, fucking fascinating. Hundred. And I'm like, if I had not had the pod, would this have happened? Yeah, yeah. Like, would yeah. there have been a reason for me and this guy to go deeper? Right. And so the reason that we ended up catching up was he goes, fuck, I'd love to do what you do. Like, I love the idea of having a podcast and just yarning to people. Yeah. And I was like, mate, I'm fucking happy to give you a hand if you want to start something. Like, yeah. let's have a yarn. We end up going for lunch, 
talking for, I think we sat at lunch for five hours just talking about life and different experiences. It's a good fucking effort, mate. Mate, great effort, right? Five hours. Huge yarn. Yeah. And then ended up like, I went to meet him like 10 in the morning, got home fucking late afternoon and he ended up coming on the pod. Fucking outstanding. And yesterday I'm just driving in my car going, fuck, I haven't spoken to Bajo in a year. Gave him a bell, catching up with coffee on Wednesday. Love that. That's a connection I would have never had. Hana. Like the likelihood of you and I yeah. bumping into each other. Yeah, yeah. There wasn't the podcast connection. Exactly like, right. It's, it's fucking special. And I think that's the, the thing I always say to people who are like, you know, and there's a lot of podcasts around. Not everyone has to have a podcast. But yeah. I think there's something special about when these two mics are on, neither of us have our phone out. We're chatting to each other. We're looking at each other eye to eye. Yeah, it's nice. It's special. like, well, it goes back to connections. Yeah. It just goes back to like, you know, it's good. You know, it's wild to me is that you fucking yarn to the bloke for five hours and then you're like, fuck, now we've got to like sit down and like yarn. <laughs> you know, you know, you'd yeah. think like it'd yeah. all be done, yeah. but you can like, that's great. Like it, it is, it's pretty special, mate. And that's, that's why I think like doing, doing this sort of stuff is almost cleansing in it a is. way you know it, you 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 sort of like because i don't know about you mate but even when i'm fucking watching a movie like i'll, I'll be like watching a movie and then i'll just be like check instagram whatever go yeah, back I'm to the, the movie worst. and i'm like jesus is my attention span so poor now mm. because i'm fucking because of this thing that i can't even sit down and like watch a movie now without like checking my phone yeah. where it's like this is I haven't even thought about it. You know, it's just like, it's a great break from, from like reality, I suppose, in a sense. And it's just nice to sit down and fucking yarn. Man, it is, isn't it? And I've, there's been times where I've been heaps better at disengaging from socials. Mm. Like I went on a trip at the start of last year to Port Douglas by myself. True. Just went up and spent 10 days. I was like, I want to go somewhere in Oz, somewhere different. And I was like, Want to have like a bit of an adventure? It's grouse up like, there, eh? Oh, bro, I'm like the only place in the world that has two World Heritage listed sites, you know, next to each other in the Barrier Reef and um, the rainforest, Daintree. True. I didn't know that. So I was like, yeah, pretty special. So That's mad. I booked myself an Airbnb, went up for 10 days, turned my phone off. Like my, my only thing was I can Love only that. talk to my family, like my mum, my dad, and my sister, who I speak to every day. Yep. Went up, journaled every day, read every day, met some interesting cats. And like snorkeled off the barrier reef, went for a day trip through the Daintree. Mate. And man, it was special. What a trip. I gave myself the permission to like take photos and take some memories. Yeah, yeah, But yeah, I couldn't yeah. post them until the end of the trip. Love that. And like th there's this weird struggle where you're like, fuck, I need to post on Instagram so people know I'm on a holiday. Yeah. So fucking stupid. Yeah, I know, I know when you think yeah, about it. when you think about it like that. But I'm like, it was so good. And it gave me this really nice glimpse into what life should be like. Mate, well, we I go water skiing every year at this dam called Copeton Dam, at like sort of near Inverell, up where it's sort of where I'm from. Yep. And we've been doing it since I was probably fucking eight years old, like, and it's sort of been the same mob with a few people coming in and out or whatever. But like, there's like an a, like a, a fundamental mob of us that go mm. and do this every year, pretty much. And it's funny, there's no service out there, so this thing just becomes. Honestly, I look at it like it's a useless brick of shit. And, dude, we just go there. We fucking, we water ski, we, we drink, we sing, fucking dance, fucking. Yeah. And we just, you just find yourself, because this becomes nothing, you don't even, I don't even charge it up because I don't need it. Yeah. 
And it's so crazy and it's like, it's liberating. And it's funny when you look at it like this is a piece of shit. We just sit around the campfire just spinning yarns and Best. someone's playing guitar and so- someone's out skiing and I'm like, this is living. And it, it is like a really good little break from giving a fuck. Have you ever heard of Fern Cotton? She's yeah, a, I have. She's a, got a podcast called um, Happy Place. She's a personality over in the UK. Pretty sure she's been on TV for years. Yeah, Fern Cotton. What does she look like? like blonde like, lady. Oh, I think Brad she's like Nate. maybe like late 30s, early 40s. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, done some pretty special things in her career. Yeah. And I listened to her do a few interviews. She's actually fucking brilliant. Um, but I don't listen to her consistently. But she just popped up on my social the other day. First time I'd noticed something on the feed in a while from her. And it was a post of her just saying that like over the course of summer over in the UK, she made a commitment to herself to put her phone away all day to go out with a film camera. Nice. And like whatever she experienced, she took photos on that. Yep. She got them developed later, so you couldn't check them. Love it. Just get them developed later and just engaged in real connections, real life, had a blast and like would come home and check a phone at night just to make sure everyone's okay, a family's good, a friends are sweet. Yeah. And sometimes I think, fuck, I crave that. But yeah. then there's this other part of my brain that's like, well, man, if you want this thing to grow, you've got to be engaged in social. The dichotomy but I'm tra- of it. I'm trying to find the balance of like, how do I post the <coughs> clips from the show so people know about the chat that I had with Jarchi, but also how do I just go look my missus in the fucking eyes when we're having dinner? And leave my phone at home. And believe it or not, this thing called the wallet. Yeah. Like can actually come out in my pocket and I can pay for dinner on my card or with cash. Yep. Like I don't need to have my phone because that's my excuse at the moment. Is that I need it for the... Yeah, yeah. See, I'm still... I'm such a fucking... I'm like a boomer. I'm so like not up with that shit that I don't even really have that stuff on my phone. So I need my wallet irrespective of what I'm doing. I'm like, if I don't have my wallet, I'm fine. Don't get it on your phone. Like it just like... I think I got a credit card on my phone and I was like, this is bad. This is bad yeah. for me. So I just fucking, I actually like to deal in cash. And because, especially like at a pub or something, I'll get money out. Cause I'm like, <coughs> sorry, mate. You're all right. <coughs> because I'm like, it gives me a, a budget. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause I can just do this all fucking night. And it's like, yeah, hi, cowboy. I'm going hell for leather. Whereas I'm like, I got 200 bucks. To make this work. I mean, in saying that, I spend the 200 bucks. I'm like, fuck, I spent 200 bucks. And then I start tapping my car. But you know, because <laughs> I'm pissed. Yeah. But at least you know how bad but, the night's been, right? Yeah, yeah, correct. But I'm trying. I'm trying. But a lot of places don't accept cash now. Yes. So you got to ask. I'm like, do you guys accept cash? And they're like, yeah, yep. And I'm like, fuck, I wish we weren't. I wish everyone still took cash because I'm like, it's way easier for me. Yeah. Brian, I think it's like, just something about one of the challenges for me, I think, this summer, you know, like this spring summer, is just to engage in real life more. To yeah. to feel as though, you know, we spoke about it before over a coffee. Sometimes I I forget that I don't need to be in a rush for this thing to become yeah. the biggest fucking podcast in the world. Yeah. And also that it doesn't need to become the biggest podcast in the world to be special. No. Nah. Like it can have a great community of people who listen and it's special enough to them and it's special to me. Hannah. And that's all it needs to be. Like it's I important. think we forget that at times and and I often think in a world in which social media didn't exist, I've I've always had the longest for the longest time, like as a kid, I was one of those fucking weird kids who just wanted to talk to adults and talk to random people all the time. Yeah, yeah. Like Love that. loved loved it. Like 
parents would invite their friends over for dinner and all the kids would be playing. I'd be sitting at the dinner table going, um, can I ask you a question? Fuck what you, do you do for work? You were like, built for this shit. I was built for this shit. First word was a sentence. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. Like, no, don't do that. Fair dinkum. Yeah. Fucking odd, odd unit. You know what I mean? Like, such It's good, mate. Good to be odd, though. It is. And always had a fascination for storytelling. Like, my, I was a real sporty, athletic kid. Like, yep. loved my footy, loved my running, my sprinting. But would sit school holidays, me and my cousin Jared, he'd come over. And for two weeks, we'd either be playing footy against an imaginary opponent in the front yard. Love that. Just stepping every unit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or we were sitting at the kitchen table writing books. Always loved a story. Just had the biggest fascination with it. Yeah, right. Like loved film, loved writing, loved putting something together that communicated a message that was special. Yeah. Always seen myself as the hero. Yeah, of course. I think we all do in our own yards. Yeah, yeah. But always had this fascination with it. And I think in a world in which social media and the internet didn't exist, I obviously wouldn't be doing a podcast. Mm. But I think I'd be telling stories in some way. And maybe that's not all that bad. Yeah. You know, sometimes we get attached to the fact that this thing needs to become something. Yeah. And this thing can be whatever it is for whoever listens. Yeah. And, and it doesn't mean that I'm not a storyteller unless it's the top pot on the charts. Correct. And maybe I'm the storyteller who's sitting at the cafe who can capture people. Like you, sp- you spoke about that great Australian yarn, that yeah. guy at the pub who has the group of people around him as he's telling the story that yeah. they're fucking locked in on. Yeah, yeah. I think there's something special about that. I agree. And I'm, I was writing a book in 2021 through COVID, which is about 70% done. Yep. And I said to Sophie yesterday, fuck, I want to find a bit of time in which I can carve away and finish this thing and make it really special. Because I think maybe that's my best medium. Yeah. And I just haven't had the opportunity to express it yet. That's it, mate. But that's the, that's the beauty of it. And the beauty of what you're doing is you've got a million different avenues that you can go down in terms of like what you want to pursue. You know what I mean? You are a storyteller. It is what it is. It's part of you. So it's like there's also a, there's also a great benefit, I think, of trial and error. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Like if this one avenue doesn't work out for you, fine. You fucking tried it, whatever. Maybe try this. That doesn't work out. Try mm. this. I feel like you're never gonna not have a crack. Oh fucking! From heck. the brief time that we've like sat down and known each other, it just seems like that's built into you. You're always gonna have a crack. Likewise, I think that's that's a part of your DNA too. God, yeah. Well, I think so. Like, I just honestly, initially, I just started making videos because I enjoyed doing it, creating, and I th- creating shit and like making people laugh. Mm. I like. Yeah, like I, I was do I was doing it like back in fucking two thousand and thirteen or fourteen, just on my Instagram, making shitty videos when they first released the video capabilities. Do you, what do you think it is? Is that a personality you've had since young, or is it you've always looked at a part of society and felt like you needed to do something to to solve that problem? Mate, I honestly think I just enjoy making people laugh mm. and. I, if I've got an outlet to do it, I'll, I'll do it. You know what I mean? Mm. Like when, cause Instagram initially was just photos. Then they're like, oh, you can do like 15 second videos. I'm like, fuck, how do I make funny little 15 second videos? This is, it was exciting to me. Yeah. And people thought that was weird as fuck, especially back then. Like I was just like, they were just, I had a bloke say to me at the pub, he's like, mate, what are you doing? 
this video shit. I'm like, I don't know, I like doing it. He goes, it's fucking weird. And I was like, fuck, right, I can't. I was like, I do whatever. The fuck yeah, yeah, but I'd be like, would I come up to you and be like, well, how's your job going? Oh, I've been doing this. I'm like, that's fucking weird. I'm like, yeah. it's weird how people are like, when you put yourself out there, it's seemingly people are more willing to tell you how shit they think it is. Mm. And you're like, to me, that's fucking wild. Like, I wouldn't Why do would that you ever discourage someone? Yeah, odd to me. It's odd to me. But I mean, that's how some people are built, mate. You know Ethan Hawke, the actor? Yeah, I do, yeah. Um, have you ever seen that? he done like an interview for Ted, um, TEDx. Yeah. And it was about creativity. Yeah. And he said that creativity, I'll butcher the exact words here, but he spoke about how it's often seen as a, as a privilege, um, but he said it's actually sustenance. Art is sustenance. And he spoke about how... You know, someone might not recognise the value of poetry or music or film that's meaningful mm. until they've experienced something in their life in which they need that. Like yeah, until yeah. they've lost someone they love yeah. or they've gone through something particularly painful. And I think that's the beauty in, in what you and I do is we have, you know, and it's such a blessing, man, we have the ability through a conversational, through the way that you make people laugh to allow somebody in a time where they really need it to Bro, connect with something that's special. I fucking, I tell you one thing that like really resonated with me was I, so I've been, as you, you are as well, huge fan of Ricky Gervais, love his podcast, love him, Steve Merchant, Carl Pilkington, so, one of the great trios of all so time. Funny. And that became a hyper comfort thing for me. I go to sleep listening to them mm. and I still do. I've been doing that for fuck knows how long, so long. Obviously, in and out, like I'll go through phases of not, but then I'll go back to like their XFM shows or back to their podcasts and I'll go mm. to sleep to them. And I was, I'd always be like, fuck, if I ever met Ricky Gervais, I'd be like, oh, I go to sleep to your podcast. I'm like, oh, but that sounds kind of offensive, like it's boring. <laughs> go to sleep. But I've got people telling me now, they're like, hey, I don't want this to sound offensive, but they're like, I've listened to your podcasts through twice. They're like, I, mm. I go to sleep to it now. And they're like, I, don't, I know that sounds weird. I'm like, I was like, no. That is so special to me because I man. do that. You know what I mean? And I'm like, that was super special to me because I'm like, that's fucking awesome that like I'm now like their comfort or whatever. You know? You know? Man, it's, it's a very special thing. It's Wild. such a privilege. Fucking right? oath. It's unreal. It's such a privilege. Unreal. And it blows my mind still. It still just blows my mind. Even the messages, some messages we get where it's like, fuck, she's been a rough trot the last few months. And they're like, I just need to let you know this podcast was a, real light mm. and I'm like god oh, gee whiz I'm like mate that's uh, that's incredible to me like it's it's a beautiful thing and it's like I don't even you know me and Lou go in there and make each other laugh and just have a good time and sometimes you don't think about maybe the the positive effect it is having on on some people and that's a, that's a really special thing that's why I like it's like I love doing it because I'm like if I can make someone laugh I'm like my job's fucking done yeah, it's, it is very special. Which is cool. It's a, yeah. So, yeah, hopefully I'll just keep making these fuckers laugh and giving them like a bit of light in their day. That's, if I can do that, my job is done. Well, I'll say, brother, it's been very special for me to sit here and have this conversation with you because listeners of the pod will know I'm not necessarily the most researched human being. I often go into a conversation <laughs> Same. with. Just a whole bunch of curiosity yep. and an eagerness to lend an ear and yep. listen and just let this go where, wherever it may. Yeah. And I, I really didn't know what to expect today because we'd never met in person. Yeah. We'd had very brief communication over social media. Yeah. 
And I thought, I don't know what kind of pot I'm going to get when I sit down with Jarch today. Yeah. But I think that whilst on one hand, you're a very funny cat, like, and you've provided many laughs for many people, including myself. Mm. There's some depth to you too, brother. And That's good to know, mate. There's a huge part of your story, which I think will be very revealing for a lot of people who maybe haven't had the opportunity to hear about you as Pro- a human yeah. being yet, Yep. which I think is special. But also, I'm, I'm very grateful to have sat in front of you and, and Yarn Brother. So thank you so much for being a part of the show. Mate, thank you because I've actually, I've had a, this has been great. I've really enjoyed it. And like, I didn't really know what to expect either, to be honest. And um, yeah, it's, this has been nice, I think, because it's like a little bit of a change up of, of the norm. And I think what you're doing is brilliant. And I, I think you that. are, like, you're a tremendous communicator. And all I can say, mate, is just fucking keep doing what you're doing. Like, it's... The ball will roll, the ball will roll. It'll snowball, like, because this is good shit, what you're doing. So I appreciate that. Bro. Keep it up, Russ. And it's, honestly, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Mate, I'll make sure that everywhere people can already find you, if they haven't already, is in the show notes. So we can make sure we keep drumming up the listens of We Mean Well. Yes, yeah, um, But also, bro. Great Australian Yarns when it drops. I'm looking forward when to that. it drops, yep. We'll see um, how it goes. Mate, you're a good man. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Russ. Appreciate it. Cheers. Catch you, guys. Hooroo. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of A Lot To Talk About. It means the world that you guys are in my corner, that you continue to listen to the show every week. And if you could do me a massive favor by following the podcast on whichever platform you listen to it and sharing this episode in particular with just one friend that you feel would benefit from it, that would mean the world to me and it would help the show grow. The more the show grows, the bigger the guests we get on the more that we can do and the more we can share and support you guys, the listeners, the viewers of the show. Before I go, I want to pay my respects and recognize the traditional custodians of the land on which we meet and record this podcast. The Aboriginal culture has such a rich history in storytelling and as a passionate storyteller, I really hope that the stories we share and connect with on the show can allow the many cultures that now call this beautiful land Australia their home to come together and continue to respect the stories and the culture that make this the land it is today. Thank you so much for tuning into A Lot To Talk About. I'll catch you next week.